the storm wall approached. The visible curtain of rain and wind at the advent of a high storm. It was a massive wave of water, dirt, and rocks, hundreds of feet high, thousands upon thousands of windspren zipping before it. In battle, he'd been able to fight his way to safety with the skill of his spear. When he'd stepped to the edge of that chasm, there had been a line of retreat. This time, there was nothing. No way to fight or avoid that black beast, that shadow spanning the entire horizon, plunging the world into an early night. Heroes of presents StormPod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. This is just a quick reminder that there will be spoilers for chapters 33 and 34. Um, if you have not gotten this far in the book yet, I would suggest going back and reading. And if you have gotten this far, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And he actually might be too busy to talk tonight because he'll be stuffing his face with bread and jam. It's Jack. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Sean? I'm Who good, man. Knew I'm good. That jam could tell so much about oneself. I mean, it's like uh, astrology. It's like jam astrology. Jamology. <laughs> Jamology. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Are are you are are you are you ready for this chapter chapter what what are we on? Chapter, chapter 33. 33. Somatics. Okay, so this is interesting. So somatics has a certain uh definition, if you will given mm. by Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, towards okay. the end of the chapter. But I looked it up myself on the internet, and uh, it turns out that somatics from the wor- Greek word kaima, meaning wave. Okay. Makes sense. Sound waves? Yeah. And it's uh, a subset of modal vibrational phenomena. Um, so they do mention the, the, the well, in the, in the chapter that we're going to cover mm-hmm. when we get to capsule, using the bow across the metal plate, the vibrations in the sand. So we'll, we will get to that. Um, but I thought, it was, I thought it was really interesting how he had this... Uh, well, first of all, I love when an author uses a word that I have to look up. Mm-hmm. So, so kudos to Mr. Sanderson for that. Um, but this is interesting. It's a term coined by a Swiss advocate of anthroposophy. Oh, which is a philosophy that postulates the existence of an objective, intellectually comprehensible spiritual world. Hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. It is kind of cool. Mm. Have we have we encountered something like that in this series so far? Uh, well, I think what we have are advocates for. Uh, an intellectually comprehensible spiritual world. So, for instance, Capsule's argument or presentation, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was a <laughs> he was a PowerPoint presentation with uh, yeah, here's actual. A pow- yeah. <laughs> well, because he's claiming he has proof of right. 
the Almighty. He's right. he's daring to make these these claims and um with and he's, he claims that he has proof, actual evidence. And so what this kind of is saying is that it's again this um the the Swiss um uh person who who coined the term somatics uh it's an it's an intellectually comprehensible uh spiritual world that you can actually mm. comprehend it with evidence hmm. so that's cool um yeah it is cool so that uh i think at least i think i'm understanding that right uh there's probably a lot more to say about that cuz i'm just, i'm not i'm not well versed on my somatics i'm not a cymatologist cymatologist <laughs> Um, did you have that image at the beginning of the chapter with the yeah? Uh, I want to I want to discuss that. So that was well. That made a lot of sense at the end of mm. the of the chapter. So hang on right. a sec. Let me get yeah. So these yeah these patterns. Um, so basically taking these cities as the 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 Thalen city, Akina and Vednar and Kolinar, um, overlaying them on top of each other in sort of a topographical viewpoint. Mm-hmm. reveals this this symmetry that that exists yeah and capsule says later on that they weren't built like this they were built into the rocks that already existed there and so these mm-hmm. symbols were already present in the like the ge- geography so they right. like, you know the the vadens and the uh, the alethi and the thalans they would have built these cities into the structures that were already present so and that's why they that's why he's saying, there's a God, look, these symbols exist all over the world. Right, whereas Shalon is saying it towards the end of this chapter, she's saying basically, well, like, it, it would appear that the humans just simply went the easiest way out. They, they, they created um, a space, a city, uh, out from the already existing uh, natural architecture, if you will. Right, right. Like they forced geography into what they wanted it to look like eventually. Right. Right. I, I like, I like this, um, when entering, so right at the beginning of the chapter, when entering the, the Palanium, Shalon, uh, forgets everything else from the sheer beauty of it. Uh, books, manuscripts, and scrolls like by the mm-hmm. thousands. I love how awestruck she is by being here. And it, it almost, it, I, I, I tend to think about this, um, again, I'm a visual, visual guy, I'm a big movie guy. Uh, I connected this little experience when, uh, um, in the movie Contact. Right. Um, when Jodie Foster is, you know, whisked away and she's seeing this alien experience, having this, this experience, and she said they should have sent a poet, um, because her as a scientist, like, uh, objective description would, would do very little here. Um, so I, I like I like that she's awestruck by the Palanium. I just I, I like imagining what the Palanium looks like, and and the description that's given in the text is 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 wonderful. But of course, your imagination goes goes wild, so it's great. Right. I have um I wanted before we get into the chapter, I want to talk about the opening quote. Okay, um, I know. Oh yes, never. Oh yeah. So this the, is an overarching theme for me. So you go ahead first. I got lots to say, yeah, but you that's go cool. ahead. Sure. Um, here, I'll just read it out loud first. They changed yeah. even as we fought them like shadows they were that can transform as the flame dances. Never underestimate them because of what you first see. Now, I love this quote, but my the point of me wanting to bring it up is actually the postscript that I find more important. 
Okay. Purports to be a scrap collected from Talatin, a radiant of the Order of the Stormwards. The source, Gulval's Incarnate, is generally held as a reliable, though this is from the copied fragment of the poem of the Seventh Morning, which has been lost. So for me, the most important part here is radiant of the Order of Stonewards. This is the first time in the series we get a name of a, uh, an Order of Radiance. So we um, meet some Knights Radiance in the vision that Dalinar has. The Dalinar had, in, yep. like in the second part of the book, and he they talk about orders of mm-hmm. radiance of these knights that exist, but we don't know of anything else other than that. And this is the first okay. time we get a name to one of them. So there is an order of Knights Radiance that used to exist, known as Stone Wards. Well, aren't you turning into the scholar, uh, Sean? I think. Ah. I think. I think. You may call me uh, Sean Devar. I think, <laughs> or Carl. Um, I think you've spent Carl. some time now with enjoying this series. I think you're becoming you're bec- you're spending a little time in the Palladium. You're starting to. I am. You're I'm starting to. By you're, 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 the you're upside having, down pyramid. Do, do, do you have some servants or parchment to go fetch you some I do, volumes? I do, and yeah. <laughs> nestle in a nook yeah. and and uh, yeah. Just and uh, please put. Go the, get me some bread and jam, William. I'm reading here. <laughs> <laughs> what goes better with uh, research and, <laughs> and destruction and of the bread. world jam that's jam is that that jam and bread song from the sound of music <laughs> um okay so okay so that's interesting what, what i find interesting is that that's what you found most interesting about the quote what i found most interesting about the quote at the beginning of this chapter is never mm-hmm. underestimate them because of what you first see so right. what i feel is an overarching theme here uh, not only for this chapter, but it also covers going back to the beginning and going forward, I think is, you know, um, things don't always appear as, as they are. Right. Right. Now, I'm going to get to comments that um, have been made previously and again in this chapter echoing this very thing. The Parshmen are not, how, how could they be fighting? Right. Why uh, um, the, these Parshendi, now, I, I, okay, so we'll, we'll we're we're going to get to that, but but for me, anyways, this is a huge thing. Never underestimate them because of what you first see. Things are not what they are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm going to come back to that. Um. Uh. So she, she's in. She's she's awestruck by the planium. She's uh having a look at these uh, terrace levels, and she's like, how how are they so perfectly aligned? Have soul casters mm-hmm. been used to create uh, these open spaces? How many gemstones would, would it have taken to create this? Her being awestruck about how the Palanium even exists as it is, it kind yeah. of reminds me of our thoughts regarding the pyramids of Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or Easter Island. Like, we're, we're, we, we look to the past to these things, and, and we have questions, and we say, how did they do this? We, mm-hmm. we, we, and, and, of course, we come up with all kinds of interesting uh, methods and, and whatnot, but I just like that connection to... Mm-hmm her uh contemplating that stuff well it's um, uh, she, the way she describes it is that she is describing it as if it was a seventh wonder of the world right. and we get a little later on that um that the rest of roshar uh use the palaneums like indexing for books and uh for tomes like theirs is the gold standard for that gold right standard of the system. so this 
<laughs> right. So this isn't just a like um, architectural marvel. It's also like the go-to library system in the entire world. Everything emulates it. So it is the most important uh, like repository of books there is. Reminds me of UHF. Uh, Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? So, so basically, the the Dewey Decimal System is the is this uh, Carbranthian system. That's the that's what we're dealing with here, right? That's exactly um, what they use. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so she's so ardents from the from the devotery of insight are periodically moving around through the levels of the pla- of the planium, and they are changing the spheres. Right. There are literally hundreds of emeralds here in the planium. Mm-hmm. So, so, so these spheres represent the sum of the Carbranthian royal treasury, which would both be protected right. while being in the planium, but also providing illumination. Right. Um, so I love it's that. It's neat that, the, um, uh, uh, that their, their <clears throat> treasure is actively helping the spread of knowledge. Yeah. It's not just sitting in a like a basement a vault somewhere. It's actually yes. actively helping the people of of Carbranth learn more, right? Uh, yes, it's not sitting in Fort Knox or locked up in some safe. It's yeah, yeah. I I, 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 I that's that's really really cool. I, I like thinking more on that. That's that's really that's really great. That that wealth, um, in this in this fantasy series has has utility. Right. It's not just this. That's, um, I, that, I haven't thought enough about that. That's, that's really cool. I really like that. Well done, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson. <laughs> I love I it. I haven't thrown out a Mr. Sanderson in a while, so I feared I was due. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Shalon continues on her way, uh, Parshman servant in tow. Now she's, now she's commenting on the railing, so this is coming back to the quote. The okay. railings, the railings were originally carved from wood, from wood, but were made and transformed into marble. She's running her fingers along the railing and she can still feel the original grain from the wood. Um, mm-hmm. again, things are not always what they seem. Right. Especially with soul casting, right? Like right. something can start as one thing and then become a completely different thing. There's um, this idea of soul casting being able to transition something from from one state to another. And mm. you're probably going to realize very quickly or have already that, that the people in these stories are doing that transition as well. It's like they're being soul cast from one thing into something else. That's what I was just going to say is that we can't take for granted the physical world and we certainly can't take for granted the characters that have been presented right exactly now there i go i'm now i'm, I'm turning into the king again i'm being all uh, suspicious about everybody but um <laughs> uh but i really again i just love that simple thing you know running her fingers along the railing wood but it's marble it's been soul cast i love this theming mm-hmm. that is just so embedded in this series um yeah. Yaz, yasna's allowing shalon an hour a day to study what she would like mm-hmm. to study so that's cool she's choosing this New text by Milmer's Western Voyages. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's she, hungering to learn more. Yeah, she, she's, she she likes this book because you know that um, later on when she's in the lift and the parchment are like 
bringing her up to the um, to her stage where she's going to go do some studying. Mm-hmm. Um, she considers taking the book out and reading on the elevator ride up. Like this is the true sign that yeah. you're into books. Like, you know, anybody that reads books will attest that there's always those moments when you're into the book so much and it's so good that you'll find any time and any reason to read. And you're like, hey, I'm in this elevator for like five seconds. I could probably read like six words. I'm, it's worth it. Totally worth <laughs> yeah. it. You pull your book out and you're like, okay, and, and it's like, done. I got to put it yes, away again. I got, I got six words in. That's funny. That's great. Well, she's, I mean, it says yeah. here that she's hungering to learn more. She's trying to, she wants to observe every creature and sketch them into her books. She wants, right in, in the text, this is interesting. It says, I, she wants to organize Roshar by capturing it in images. Right. Yeah, she says, most scholars are good with words or good with drawings, but not both. Right. And the or ones that are if good both, with both, yeah, they're not very good with science. Her, and yeah. she's like, I, she, well, and well, she says, she, she says, says it, it almost it, like she's being cocky, but she's not being cocky. She's saying, I could do it all. I could be the answer to that, that question. I could draw, write, and be scientific. And I could literally see Roshar from all sides, not just like one side or the other. Right. She says that, that if they were good at both in a book, good at capturing art and capturing words or thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, her grasp of science would be poor. And again, right. it kind of it kind of goes back to what Yasna was trying to teach her. Interpretation is the key. You must be able to read, experience, and interpret. Otherwise, right. leave the words on the page. They're meaningless. Right. You have to interpret. Um so I like I yeah, I like I like that. And, and yeah, you're right. She's saying she says uh that the, the, these that, that some of these scholars she, she she's reading they have holes in their understanding, holes that right. Shalon could fill. But no, that's not what I'm here to do. Right. But she has to remind herself, this isn't my mission. Like daydreaming about this being this amazing scholar. And she's like, yeah. that's not what I'm here to do. No. Like I'm getting myself lost in all this. Well, she's having a hard time uh, keeping focused on the theft that she right. needs to pull off here. <laughs> yeah, like, right. She does say, though, that um, she's now the bath attendant for um, for Yasna. So she's like kind of closer to the um, the ability to make the switch. I and like I wrote imagining my notes this here scene. that um, I like I'm sorry. I would be remiss to say that I as a you know, I, I, I don't want to be. This isn't the kind of um, uh, 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 <laughs> this isn't the kind of uh, podcast where we are like male oogling women all the time. But you've established that Yasna is uh, is gorgeous and. And that Shalana's gorgeous, and that Shalana's going to be her bath attendant. That does something to me. Very if, specific <laughs> when I'm reading. So, if I, you know, if, if 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 I was given the choice, and I was making this into a TV a series or a movie, I I wouldn't cut those scenes out. I, I really would expand on those scenes. <laughs> uh, give them time. Give them air. Give them air time. Give them quality. Uh, I'd know, make this, sure I'd sign is, with a studio that would want me to put those scenes in. <laughs> yeah, this this is art, people. We have to expand. This on is an these HBO things. show. Sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're you're right. She's um, she's having a hard time staying focused on the theft. She knows what she's got to do, um, um, and she's hoping still that that, that being close to sh- that being close to Yasna as a bathing attendant might give her this opportunity. Uh, to be able to snatch the the Fabriel and make and make right. the switch, right? Um, this is like her best opportunity. She takes she takes the lift five levels down. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are servants that are available to get her volumes, but Yasna feels that it's important for her to get them herself. Um, 
which is yeah, it's to learn. Well, it's 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 to learn the um the system of cataloging and and w- like where everything goes. This is where we get that whole um th- that um the Carbranthian or the Palladium's way of doing things is the standard across Roshar. So now right. when she learns that way, she can go to any other city with Yasna and know how to find books in every other library because a she's competent the researcher. Way. Got it. Right. Exactly. Got it. Very cool. Um. At the back of the room that, uh, that that she goes to, she 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 sits down at a small uh, desk made of cobwood. I suppose that's in the info dump, but um, mm-hmm. and takes out her portfolio. Uh, she's surrounded by old paper and dust. It's never damp in the Palanium. Um, no, and there are these long troughs of white powder at the ends of each of each room. room I had a yeah. que- I had a question mark about that because I wasn't sure what that was about. I'm not sure if that's just dust or if that is some kind of you know, I think it is. I, I, um, I've never fully understood what it is either. Okay. Um, so I had a in my mind's eye, I expect it to be, um, eraser bits. <laughs> the, the, like it's just all that stuff you wipe <laughs> away off your page after yeah, you erase. And, 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 and all of the, all the scholars save it and then dump it before they go in this trough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, that's, that's, that's funny, dude. I like that. Yeah. Eraser. <laughs> eraser <laughs> shavings. Hey, what um, is that in the corner? Oh, well, it's, uh, well, it's, uh, we, we save our... Eraser cast yeah, off. Erasers. Oh my God. That's funny, dude. So Shalon's still uh, um, drawing here, right? So she's still, she tells us she's still been drawing. Uh, she sketched many faces around the Palladium. Um, but most importantly, her drawings of Yasna are uh, using the Soulcaster, are the most important ones. Because she's getting a, like a glimpse into how to use it. Without actually asking her. Now, she says to herself later, I'm going to have to ask her how to use it. Because in order for us to be able to use it back home, I, I, someone needs to know how. Right. Um, but she's not sure how to breach that subject. She thinks that breaching it would... This is like the best like private eye shit ever. Shalon is like looking, like w- watching Yasna. And when Yasna uses it, just to like, she says she made it. She turned her wine into a crystal uh, uh, um, chunk so that she could use it as a paperweight. So yeah. when that's happening, Shalon is like looking at her and going... Click, click, taking a snapshot yeah. of her and then drawing it yeah. later. She's yeah. like casing. It's like she's literally a private eye watching her quarry yeah. and taking snapshots of her. It's really <laughs> awesome. She's a, a private dick. Um, yeah, she is. She's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. In, so this. So I had a question about this. In the portfolio, drawings of Yasna performing the solo castings. A second drawing depicting only a, depicting uh, a few seconds later from the original one. There, right. there was something, it, it had become a ball of flames. It became fire. So right. what, so she ha- wrote what had been... Yasna wrote something, crumpled it up, and then she soul cast the paper into flames. So instead of igniting the paper into flames and letting it burn, right. she it became turned fire. all the paper, it became fire, yeah. And then just went... Kind of like what a magician does with like... Uh, yeah, yeah. That really like easily, easily burned paper or whatever. It's right. kind of exactly what it would have looked like. And so what she did is she took two so pictures Shalon in that moment. So is curious. Yeah, she took two memories. She took the memory of it at crumpled and then a memory of it uh, uh, in a flame. And then she thinks to herself, I wonder what was written on that paper that she had to destroy mm-hmm. it. But it could have been just something like she wrote something stupid. You know what I mean? Like she could have re- like forgotten how to write the word again. and was like, is this how you write again? And, excuse me, Arden, <laughs> is this how you write the word again? Because it doesn't look right to me. Oh and then she's like, I screw God. it, crumples it up and just makes it. She's embarrassed, right? That reminds me of that, that wonderful scene in The Big Lebowski where... Uh, 
where the dude is uh, curious about what uh, uh, Treehorn has written on the notepad, and he goes over and makes a rubbing because he thinks it's important, but it's turns out it's just a picture of a guy with a big dick. And he's like, <laughs> it was like you, not what I not what I was expecting. You know, um, I've I have never seen it, right? Like, we, you're you're well aware uh, that I've never seen it. What? Yeah, I know, I know. It's like You've not it should seen be like my big... favorite movie of all time, and I've I just never seen it. Wow. I've seen parts of it, and I know a lot about the movie because it's been oh. out for so long, and oh. people talk about it all the time. So I feel wow. like I've seen it, but I've actually never sat down and watched the whole thing. I have never wanted to be you more. Jay says that it's the, wow. the worst crime in our our friend group is that I've never seen. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big Lebowski. We, we'll have to do a bonus episode just on that. Okay. Um, okay. We, we so okay so Big Lebowski and Doc Martens. Okay, that's that's yes. what we got to solve. Okay, that's we, we have to. Yeah, let's get the the Patreon to fund my Doc Martens we, that we I need, need to... because <laughs> that's right. Go fund my um, shoes. Go fund. <laughs> go fund my shoes. Not go find them? No, go fund them, please. Go, go, fund, go them. Fund, fund them. I need um, them. Yasna, okay. Uh, Shalon is amazed when Yasna runs out of ink and is able to uh, soul cast the words with such precision on the page. This is really yes. cool. Um, She's like burning them into the, the paper. Yeah, that's really, really neat. Um, yeah, it's really, really awesome. To, so Shalon is observing that this soul caster mm-hmm. is attuned to three essences. Vapor, right. Spark, and Lucentia. Um, and it should be, but it should be able to create any of the ten essences from Zephyr to Talus. And Talus, right. Talus is of very uh, of uh, important significance to Shalon because Talus includes stone and earth. Right. In terms Which is of what she needs, because she needs it to create new new mineral deposits for her family, House Devar. Uh, they have marble, jade, and opal. They could expand on that. Um, she, but, but. To be able to create actual gemstones is said to be impossible. Right. Which is impossible. It's just another kind of possible, isn't it? Right, it is. Uh, but so it's, um, but that's one of the reasons why the, uh, the great shells are so important, because they can get gemstones that way. So. Mm. Oh, and I love this. Yasna is using one of the most powerful artifacts in Roshar. You touched on this. To create paperweights. Right. What are you, what are you doing with it? You're ma- making yeah. paperweights. She's being okay. very cavalier about its use or whatever. Fishing inside of her safe pouch. I love this safe pouch in the sleeve thing, by the way. Shalon produces her father's broken soul caster, and uh, it looks identical to Yasna's, which was important. And Shalon yeah. has been been uh, using her drawings to help make this the uh, her father's broken soul caster as like uh, Yasna's as possible. Mm-hmm. So she's she right. seems and they pleased. Look pretty- yeah, they look pretty, uh, pretty bang on. That she knows that it'll, it, it should work. I like this. It, at first, it seemed to Shalon that it would be easy to steal from her because she's a heretic, she's ill-tempered, she's demanding. Mm-hmm. But now she's thinking, well, you know what? I've gotten to know her, and she's a careful scholar, stern but fair, surprising, and and displays a surprising level of wisdom and insight. Shalon is, uh, you know changing her tune on this gal she's right. getting close I mean, to yasna yeah she's finally knowing her right so it's really cool shalon would do the theft for Nanbalat, tet wikim and asha yushu uh these are of course her her brothers otherwise known by our good friend mike as uh nancy tim and ashley johnson 
Um, <laughs> Nancy, in, in, instead of non-Balad, it'd be Nancy. Nancy, instead of, not instead Nancy. Of, instead of Tet, it'd be Tim. Tim. And, and Asha Yushu would be Ashley Johnson. Uh, so, Shalon. <laughs> okay, I, I like this. I like, I like this. <laughs> Mike, can't, I can't remember names. Fantastical fantasy. Yeah, games? this is the what? the new running gag on this. Is I can't the, do names. Let's make fun of Mike bit. I is, love is Mike. The new oh my god, gag. my god, it's so oh. great. Um, it's definitely one of the. We got to get Mike up. We got to get Mike on this show. A light flickers yeah. between the bookcase. This is cool. Shalon Shalon tucks away her folio. She sees a light uh, in between the bookcases. So I like like this moment. Like imagining this. It was an old ardent, a female ardent with a parchment servant. Uh, the way that the lighting was, it looked as if one of the heralds themselves were walking through the stacks. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, again, things are not always what they seem. Right? Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. I really like that. So, I, I mean, for me, this old woman that was, you know, near her, and, you know, it could be someone watching her. Could be. How, how do we know? I don't know. I mean... Um, She's just uh, uh, a young girl in a, in a lonely world, right? Like, <laughs> sorry. I made a, she, she has a thought here. She says, um, I, I, I'm going to make, I'm going to make such a terrible thief. She says, mm-hmm. um, Yasna has sent Shalon to fetch a book called The Dialogues, a famous historical right. work it's on famous... political theory. Um, but this is, but where this book is, it also contains another book called The Shadows Remembered which is a book that Yasna was right, reading from, when, when the king was visiting. Uh, it's right. a thin red volume she with took red hogshide. Yeah, she, she, she took notice, so she went for it. Turns out, to her surprise, it's children's stories. A collection yeah, of tales. It's, um, it's, Shalom. Right. The first story is, um, is a, a tale of a child who wandered too far away from home at night and was chased by Vordbringers. Uh, the yeah. boy hid in a cave and he yep. ended up whittling a piece of wood that looked like him and he sailed right. it down the river and then the Vordbringers chased after it and ate that. And I'm guessing he survived. And he was safe. Um, yeah. But all the other tales too are very similar. They're about other ghost stories about spirits and Vordbringers. And um, mm-hmm. Shalon's like, what does she want with this stuff? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's a collection of tales. Um, and Shalon actually says in the text, uh, like, it, 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 it's called Shadows Remembered. And she's like, well, this, this would have been better off forgotten. Because right. I think that Shalon is still kind of maintaining a bit of this, you know, light eyes, dark eyes kind of, um, you know. Class. Uh, ca- class system. Cast, cast system. Yeah, exactly. Um, folk tales told by common common dark eyes so this this is material right. that can be easily dismissed but yasna was a Aristotelian, mm-hmm. uh or as mike would say a vegetarian a vegetarians um, yeah uh shalon is thinking what what kind of truth could be found in the pages and stories told to frightened disobedient dark-eyed children um shalon is no uh sees no value in this at all Right. What do you what do you think that Yasna sees in this though? Like, what do you think? Why is Yasna uh, reading this? I think that there are uh, um, mysteries about the uh, dark eyes. Um, there's a connection, I think, to the dark eyes' ability to um, be able to uh, connect with uh, stormlight. That's what I think. It's a, I, I think it's a good theory. I think, 
I think that there's a mystery there. Um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't really connected the dots on that, to be honest. I, I, I don't know where that's, that's going or where, where that's leading. Um, it, is, it is intriguing. I think Yasna, at face value, it would appear that Yasna is looking for um, uh, more information, I think, regarding um, how to confront the, the, the Voidbringers. I think she's, yeah, she, she's, uh, she's, she's looking for truth, uh, I think, in, in that. And maybe, maybe these accounts, these stories could be, could have, uh, you know, nuggets of reality things aren't always what they seem right so these mm -hmm. what a so-called story could right. not just be a story it could be an account right the so. truth could uh, i mean like these these stories might not be real but maybe they were based on something that was real or yeah. you know like you you learn a lot about a people when you read those stories you know if you were to read um all the uh, german fairy tales that came out of those you know dark german woods and stuff back mm -hmm. in like you know, all, all those time ago, it doesn't maybe have any truth to them, but it yeah. tells us a little bit about the, the people of that time and what their worries and their fears were. Right. So he sobs tales. Yeah. Um, um, we get a, um, we get a change of scene here. We do. Yeah. So Yasna returns to the alcove. Yasna's not there, but Capsule is our ardent. Yeah. Is your back. boy. Our ardent yeah, is you've, back. You've been hoping to see this guy again. I have been, uh, he's seated at the desk, flipping through one of Shalon's books of art and Shalon smiles when she sees him and she says mm -hmm. uh um again you're you're here and she's i came looking for for yasna and she's like well she's never here when you come which is which is you know right. an, an unfortunate coincidence as uh as he says um i don't believe it i think he's here to see her and she's glad of it um there's there's definitely a little bit of that and there we also find out later that he's not really concerned with yasna he's more concerned about her and her soul so we get a little bit of you know confirmation there that he's here to see her he um <laughs> i love this um is that a, bra a basket of bread at your feet uh shalon says it's a gift for brightness uh yasna from the devotery of insight um and shalon's like I, I doubt that bread will get Yasna to renounce her heresy. Perhaps if you'd brought right. jam, uh, perhaps if you'd brought jam and then encapsulated fishes in the basket, produces a jar of red simberry jam. And mm. uh, I guess, though, it, he's been bringing jam a dozen times over the past few months. Right. According to yeah. uh, Shalon. This isn't and, the first time they've done this, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm growing a bit transparent, aren't I? And she's like, just a tad. Um, yeah. and then Shalon's like, it's my soul. You're, con you're concerned because I'm, I'm being apprenticed or I'm apprenticed by a heretic. And he's like, well, yes, I'm afraid I, I'd be insulted. Right. Um, if you, if you, um, if you, uh, uh, didn't bring the jam. Right. And if he's really coming here for Yasna, he should have listened to what, uh, um, Shalon has said before that Yasna doesn't like jam. No, and so she, uh, if he's trying he, to woo her with her jam and bread, yeah, he's bringing he's, it for her. He's bringing, he's bringing it for it, Shalon, right? He's bringing it for Shalon. Come on. Right. Um, she, she, but okay. And then this again, so this, she'd never known any part. So she's, she's observing these servants. She's never known any parchment to be disobedient. You know, were there parchment really fighting on the Shattered Plains? Again, this is a right. light eyes, uh, Shalon. She's sheltered from the war. She has no idea what's going on. Um, were they really fighting? Uh, things are not always what they seem. That's what I wrote. 
Um, right. These these Parshendi were not like other Parshmen, though. They were bigger, uh, odd armor that grew from their skin, a distant cousin, maybe. Are they a different race yeah. entirely? This is what Shalon's thinking. I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking personally as a reader, first timer, I, I'm thinking that th- th- this whole parchment thing is, is exactly that. Things are not always what they seem. This is, this is not right. Um, I, I don't think the enemy is the enemy that they think. Hmm. That's, okay. that's, that, that's, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Yasna looking into children's stories by Dark Eyes, uh, looking for things. I don't really know yet. Uh, I, I'm sniffing around. I'm trying to piece it together. Um, but at the, at the same time, piecing it together, part of the fun is having it revealed to you too, like having Mr. Sanderson right. reveal it, right? So, mm-hmm. um. In due time. In due time. So, I like this. The bread was Thalen from a Thalen bakery. It's fluffy and brown. Mm-hmm. I like imagining that. Jam was a mm-hmm. feminine food. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because but he's since, an artist, he's allowed. Right. They, they can enjoy this little snack together. Right. Um, uh, uh, it's, oh, yeah. It says here that Shalon, Shalon has been thinking about Capsule in ways that would, be, that would have been better avoided. So she's, yep. she's, she's having some thoughts about this guy. She's liking For his, sure. he's got this bald head. He's got this he's nice a young, knowledgeable beard. He's a young, yeah, man he's interesting. Who is, you know, paying attention to her too. Like, let's not forget that, you know, like she really has only ever had interactions with, um, the men in her household, the men on that ship that brought her here. And then this yeah. man now who is, you know, he's clearly flirting well, with her. So who, who, who is a gemologist? So right. he, th- this is where he says, well, uh, what kind of person do you declare yourself to be based on, based on your jam choice? And she's like, uh, baking powder. What? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, have you put any thought into this? He says, according to Pilates of personality, a fondness of Simberry indicates spontaneous, spontaneous, impulsive personality. And then mm-hmm. a wadded piece of paper hits him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then she says, sorry, it's my spontaneity and my impulsiveness that's, that's, that's right. going on. So I love that. And then, she, and then he's like, well, you disagree with, with the conclusions. And then she's like, well, I, I've had people tell me that they could determine my personality based on the day I was born or the position of yeah. Tom Scar on this, my, on my seventh birthday. Which is or- a, um. Which is a constellation, right? We know that already. That Talon mm-hmm. Scar. This happened earlier in the the, the novel. That Talon Scar is a constellation in the sky. So they're talking about astrology here. And she has this scar on on her body. Is that right? Or the position of Talon Scar? No, no, no. no. On my seventh birthday. Oh, I see. In the sky. On my seventh birth. Okay, got it, got it. Or or by right, numerical right. extrapolations of the tenth glyphic paradigm. Like <laughs> she's dropping all this yeah. stuff. Um, but she says, but I think we're more complicated than that. And then Capsule says, uh, yeah, well, no wonder I've such difficulty understanding women. Um, right. Which is hilarious. Which is, uh, their whole exchange here is just great. This is awesome dialogue. Yeah, the, the exchange about astrology is awesome. It's so great. This is when we see that there's there's definitely some flirting going on. Oh, it's total um, flirting. She ends up, uh, like, compares herself to the color of a rash. And he says, Capsule yeah. says, don't you say that. <laughs> you insult the Almighty who created you when you say that. Yeah, and it's like his religious way of like saying you're cute. I think maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and I like how he's like concerned about Yasna. Yasna doesn't like jam. Um, her soul is in more danger than I realized. Right. Right. <laughs> right that's, exactly, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Simberia, uh, Simberia Jam also indicates a love of the outdoors, says Cabzil. And she's like, ah, the outdoors. I've visited that mystical place once. Love, this is so funny. This dialogue yeah. is so funny. Um, she's like, ah, oh, yes, the outdoors. I've visited that place once. Does the sun still shine? And he's, yeah. like, he's like, well, surely your studies haven't been that bad. And, and then she's like, no, 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 they're bad. Yasna is fond of dust. She thrives on yeah. it. Uh, feeding yeah, off exactly. the particles like, like a chull crunching rock buds. Um, yeah. And then he asks yeah. her, on, on what do you thrive, Shalon? And she says, charcoal. Right. Which because cool. that's, that's what she draws with. Right. Um, the whole disease conversation is hilarious. You're right. The rash, yeah. uh, the disease. Because it comes up later and the disease ends up coming back to, he's describing Yasna, right? Right. Um, he asks her, would you not rather be a sense of euphoria? And Shalon responds, no, because it passes. It's brief. We spend more time longing for it than enjoying it. Um, also in this exchange between these two characters, I love it. Uh, Shalon says, I'm fond of hyperbole. And then uh, Capsule says, I'm not. It's a bastard dispel. And she's like, Capsule. And he says, oh, sorry. Looking upward, he's like, sorry. And then she responds, uh, I'm sure the ceiling forgives you. <laughs> right, right. So, so when he says, when he says it's a bastard, uh, it's uh, hyperbole is a bastard dispel. He said bastard. He said a curse word, I guess. And yeah, he, he looks, looked up. he looks upward and says sorry. And then she says, "I'm sure the ceiling forgives you." That is yeah. so funny. Like I, yeah, I love. Like his dialogue is good. Like this it's, guy, it's Brent, all Shalon or, is. Shalon is the wittiest man. She is I the wittiest. <laughs> it's so it's yeah. so funny. Um, yeah. Capsules in his mid twenties. Uh, Yasna, um, is okay. He he's Yasna is very powerful and intriguing, and Capsule expects her ideas to be infectious, which is why he's concerned about Shalon. Um, Shalon's like, I thought I was the disease because you were right. commenting earlier, and he said, "Well, I never said that." Um. And then Shalon responds, ah, but I pretended that you did, which is virtually the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exa- uh, exactly. Yeah, her, exactly. I, again, she's so, they make her sound, yeah, he's she's worried, so endearing. He's I worried that uh, that uh, Yasna is uh, going to become infectious and her thoughts are going to poison uh, uh, Shalon. Right. He says right. that the, uh, the Ardents are worried for her. Uh, Yasna yeah. has a history of corrupting those uh, with whom she comes into contact with. Contact with, and yep. and it's literally like you know she's speaking the truth or her truth, anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, people also tend to agree with her when she's a, the people are around her. It's force of personality, I think, probably. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, she's just a very very strong personality, but also she's very intelligent and makes sense. So people are going to start listening to her and what she says um, yeah. because they respect her opinion about stuff, right? So. Um, they're 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 worried about. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if Shalon starts to see things Yasna's way because, well, it's kind of normal. Like that's that's a normal thing to do. Well, I mean, y- Yasna's presenting a very compelling argument, right? Right. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's incumbent if you're going to make great claims of metaphysical realities, it's incumbent upon you to produce and and be able to substantiate these claims right um so that's where this is you know all sort of you know they're they're sort of duking this out but you're right uh she's like no right. my my soul is good thanks and then he's like well perhaps i could interest you in our devotery and she's like well right. i have one I, i'm i'm part of the devotery of purity 
Um, and he's like, well, that's not a place for a scholar. The glory, right. the glory that this devotery advocates, the purity one, uh, has got nothing to do with your calling. Um, and, and normally says, they like to pair together the calling with the actual um, like work that the person's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, in this case, being wholesome really doesn't shine a light on her scholarship. Well, her father chose this devotery for her, right? So it's right, kind of like right. the dad is trying to protect his daughter. It's kind of cute. I like this a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, she says, well, you're, you're trying to get me to be part of your devotery. She's like, isn't, isn't recruitment frowned upon? Uh, and he says, right. uh, it's, it's a deplorable habit. And she's like, yeah, but you do it anyway. And he says, yeah, I curse occasionally too. Um, right. We're, we're not, so we're, he's not, he's not the normal ardent, right? He's like the, um, he's like the cool, you know who he's like? He's like, uh, Robin Williams in like Dead Poet Society. You know what I mean? He's like the, I, the really <laughs> cool teacher that comes in and he's like, we're going to do things a little different, you know, like, so like, I screw these rules. We're going to do things a little different. I'm going to swear and you guys are going to respect me. And then at the end of the movie, you're going to get up on your desk and you're say ardent, uh, my, uh, my ardent, <laughs> oh, my ardent. And like. They're going to be a big dramatic ending to it. <laughs> See, I, I connected this character. That, that's, that, that's, that's great. That's great, by the way. Dead Poets, one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's um, great. Um, I, I connected this character. Again, I came back to the movie Contact. Matthew McConaughey's priest character in Contact. Right. Um, he says, I'm a man of the cloth without the cloth. He's right. not perfect. He's not, you know, he... Capsule he's, is a very, very good, uh, um, like... Uh, um, when you t- when talking about who does capsule remind me of McConaughey's character in, in contact is a really really good choice they, I, they, I, they have the same kind of feel they're yeah. both they're they're still theological but they're willing to to kind of like dip their toe into this other world to try to under better understand people but also trying to get those people like Shalon to come over to their side I've got a, a funny little bit here when he starts saying you know uh, it's a deplorable habit but you do it anyway yeah, yeah. I, I, cur- I curse occasionally too, but we're, we're not as stuffy a bunch as we seem, he says to Shalon. He says, oh, well, except for Brother Habsend, who spends so much time staring at us. And he's like, now, now that I think about it, he might actually be stuffed. I don't think I've ever seen him <laughs> right. move. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is hilarious. I love this stuff. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah um, he's I've got, I've got a little quote to read here on page 633 oh. of my... Uh, oh, you might, have the, you might have the same quote I was about to say that I wanted to read. Uh, maybe if it is, you go ahead. Let's let's confirm that it is the same. That'd be that'd be fun. If we okay, let me. Uh, uh, you want me to read the what I got first here, and then we'll see. Uh, yep. Go ahead. Okay. So there's this one part here that comes up that I want to uh, I want to highlight. It says, um, "Capsule shook his head." Yep. That's the Almighty it. gives everyone talents, and when we pick a calling that capitalizes on them, we are worshiping Him in the most fundamental way. A devotery and its ardents should help nurture that, encourage you to set and achieve goals of excellence. He waved to the books stacked on the desk. This is what your devotery should be helping you with, Shalon. History, logic, science, art. Being honest and good is important, but we should be working harder to encourage the natural talents of people rather than forcing them to adapt to the glories and callings we feel are most important. Uh, uh, this tells yeah. us in a nutshell what kind of ardent capsule is 
you know, Capsule yep. really believes in this whole um, accentuate people's interests and their talents yeah. as opposed to saying you should be more wholesome and pure. So go to this devotery. He believes in, in helping people's already interests as opposed to mi- forcing them to be interested in something yeah. they're not really caring about. Develop their, their natural talents. This I highlighted it because right. I, I thought that, wow, this, this really sums up what I personally believe that we're struggling for with the human race is that, that that's 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 part of the, the 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 human condition that we that we want to strive for i mean again in 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 um in star trek they have reached that point because they have their technology has given them a level playing field um with the mastery of the molecule um the, the concept of wealth is 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 meaningless um with the replicator and as such uh people are able finally to just devote uh their time and energies to their talents like their what what they innately have within them uh to develop so right. i i, I like wrote that down too podcasting. it's awesome yeah exactly Maybe it took us 40 Hopefully. odd years to find <laughs> out that we were good at podcasting there there you go um, or maybe we'll realize in three years that we were horrible at it and no one fucking liked us. <laughs> it's very possible too. I hope that's not the case, but we'll, but I we'll hope so. see. I we'll, hope we'll, not ha- too, yeah. we'll just have to keep getting better and better microphones. We will. Just um, That's the trick. Just keep buying more expensive keep microphones. Keep buying and more microphones, guys. People will like us, yeah. Eventually you'll find the right kind of microphone and then your success <laughs> and then, will take off. And then I'll be fucking awesome. This guy's <laughs> so good. <gasps> he must have a great so mic. Thick. <laughs> His mic's the best. His his is the um, best. He must be the best. I have proof of that the Almighty exists. Capsule says, mm-hmm. and and she's like, or, or he he he's like, I just need I just need Yasna to listen to my proof. Shalon's like, well, I'd like to see it. And I love says, this presentation. And man. then and then he I says, this. how would you like another slice of bread? Now I had a question here. I didn't go back and actually try to find it. I I don't know if I was a bit lazy. They have had a few pieces of bread. Throughout yep. this conversation, was mm-hmm. it three? Was it three? Is this the third slice? Oh, I don't know. Exactly. Um, I don't know either. Maybe. But I was, I was trying to count. Like I was like, hang on, this has already happened. I think once or twice in this conversation since it began. They, they sliced the bread. They started eating. They started enjoying, and the conversation went on. All I was, and then he put he put another piece of jam on another piece and gave it to her. So that's her second piece of bread. And I was and so, anyway the third. I was wondering if it was three slices. Again, going back to this once, twice, thrice uh, right. kind of thing that was running through the thing. So I was wondering if the bread was being used to do that. I don't know for sure, but if it was, uh, I really like that as well. You know um, why I really like it is when I decide to have toast in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have some toast. I always make three. <laughs> so I feel connected to this story somehow because of the three <laughs> slices of bread in this chapter. When when I when it's I like put, Sanderson is writing directly into my soul, it's like he knows know. me and is my bread. Well, for me, it's slippers. When I when I I don't just put two on, I put three. You put like a whole second slipper on top of another <laughs> slipper. Yes, and you're like yes, walking I, around like unbalanced. Yes, I do. I have three. I don't have just two moccasins. I've got three. Huh. Um. The tripod over here. All right. Um. <laughs> capsule. Okay. So capsule. Okay. So capsule shows her a picture. It's a triangular shape with three outlying wings and a peaked center. It is Kolinar, the capital, the Alethi capital, 
drawn from above from a teleological uh, position or topographical position, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the cities were built by men and, and Shalon says they, they wanted this, they wanted this symmetry because it was holy. Um, wind and water can create this symmetry. It's found in nature all the time. So she's, she's kind of not making a big deal out of it. And Capsule's like, okay, well, let, let, let me show you. He grabs a metal plate and puts it on a wooden stand and he sprinkles yeah. white powdery sand on it and he produces a bow, a bow that can be used to make music. And he draws that bow across the metal plate, making it vibrate and the sand begins to hop and bounce around. And he says, this is where he drops the title of the, of the chapter. This is somatics, the study of, of the patterns and sounds uh, when interacting with a physical medium. And the bow begins to produce a note, um, producing a single music spren. My first little spren guy, uh, just my spren head. Little spren head. Just one. Uh, and it's colonar. And the pattern on the plate looked exactly like colonar. He adds more sand, applies the bow, vetinar, repeating the process, akana. Mm-hmm. It could be a false correlation, she says, both caused by the same thing. And then he says, ah, but have you ever noticed as well that the names are symmetrical? Alethala, yes. Valha, um, Shin, Shinkoknish. That's for me where I yeah. went, oh, wow. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't catch, I didn't catch that. I read I'm going to, I'm going to read this whole little part. Okay. I want to read this. Please. Out. Go ahead. Um, yes. The almighty, he said, sitting our very language is symmetrical. Look at all the glyphs. Each one can be folded in half perfectly. And the alphabet too. Fold any line of text across itself and you'll find some symmetry. Surely you know the story that both glyphs and letters came from the Dawn Singers. She says, yes, even our names. Yours is nearly perfect, Shalon. One letter off an ideal name for a light-eyes woman. Not too holy, mm. but ever so close. Mm-hmm. So when you, when, when you look at that, Shalon, he's right. Mm-hmm. There's, it's almost perfectly symmetrical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the original names of the uh, uh, silver, 10 Silver Kingdoms, Alethala, it's completely symmetrical, mm-hmm. except that um, the TH has to be inverted both times, right? Correct. Like, mm-hmm. um, um, the same thing as Valhal. It's almost uh, the H is like the only thing that's really stopping it from being. And then Shikak Nish is almost exactly except for the CH at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I want you to, from now on, I want you mm. to, when you're reading some of these names and some of these words that come mm-hmm. up in this story, I want you to try to keep your eye out for symmetry. It's something that I haven't oh. been able to say to you yet until this moment. Now that Capsules brought it up that our world, that this world has symmetry all over it, I want you to start looking at people's names and some of the places and look at the symmetry of it. Okay. Are, I want you to keep are, your, your, your mind on that. Are you giving me homework? I'm not. Giving, I'm just telling you when homework. you're already doing the homework that you normally do. Just remember to <laughs> no, do this. No, well, this part is too. this is this is this is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I shall endeavor to try. Well, I mean, it's present in the other uh, name of the city suggested. Which okay, so we're so we're getting there. Um, yeah, he says he says to her, "It's here around us. Don't forget that, no matter what she says." Referring to Yasna, right? Yasna mm-hmm. shows up and and and. Um, you know, initially, um, Shalon's like, sorry, you know, and she's like, you're, you're not a captive child. You're allowed to have visitors. Just yep. check your skin for tooth marks. These types have a habit of dragging <laughs> right. their prey out to sea with them. So right away, super rude. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then she immediately says, uh, 
can that plate produce a somatic pattern uh, corresponding to Urethiru priest? Or do you only have mm -hmm. patterns for the standard four cities? And then he says, well, Urethiru is just a fable, uh, Capsule says. And she says, odd. Uh, one would think that your type would uh, be used to believing in fables. And he mm -hmm. leaves. Right. Uh, so it's completely rude. And then Shalan's like, if I may say so, uh, um, Yasna, that was exceptionally, exceptionally rude of you. Um, you haven't acted that way toward any other Ardents. And then she says, other Ardents aren't trying to turn my ward against me. Mm -hmm. um, and then Shalon She has a saying, point, man. She has a point. Oh, yeah. I completely agree. And, and, and uh, Shalon says, well, he's simply worried about my soul. Um, um, no, sorry. No, Yasna, Yasna was saying he was worried about uh, my, my soul. But then she says to Shalon, has he asked you to try and steal the soul caster yet? <laughs> yeah, right. So Holy when I read shit. that, like I was like, "Oh my god. Oh my gosh." So so Yasna uh yeah, this is this is so uncomfortable. I I can, I can only imagine being Shalon safe pouch. Her face going all red and broken. shit. Yeah, like, "Oh my god, sweating." But she keeps her shit together. She says, "Yeah. No, no, he hasn't asked me to do that." Um yeah. And then uh, Yasna says, watch, he will eventually. Right. And then y Yasna says, this isn't about your soil, it's about me. And then, and then Shalon is like, well, that's somewhat arrogant of you, don't you think? And she says, only if I'm wrong, child, and I rarely am. <laughs> yeah, like a boss. What a great ending. Like, again, yeah. a wonderful ending to the chat. I know we've, we've, this is a long podcast, but yeah. man, I just, there was so much in that chapter. Yeah. It's an important chapter. Um, can you please uh, take a look at the word Urethiru? Uh, yes. Ure Completely symmetrical. Uru. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I noticed that about that one. And, well, um, once, once they brought Urethiru it up. Urethiru is the city that uh, the Knights Radiant mentioned to Dalinar in that vision that we have of them. Right. He says, oh, you're a good fighter. We could really use you. Come to Urethiru. Right. Not and there might fable. be a place for you there. Is Urethiru the place where no men can get to? Um, it, um, from the quote from last chapter? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I'll have to reread that quote again. Huh. I don't know. Um, just throwing that out there. I don't know. Okay. Chapter, are, are we gonna, can, can we move on to chapter 34? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a, a highlight for the last chapter? Oh gosh, oh my gosh, the jam, all of it, the, the jamology. Come on, jamology is 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 the best. I mean, titling it semantics, I think, is uh, the appropriate title. I don't think I had an alternative title to offer, um, other than bread and jam. Jam. I'll go. I'll, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with the uh, with these with the sound and music on this one. Mine would be um, how you pointed out that things are not always as they seem, and then came out with several examples. I hadn't really seen it before, but now that I see it, it's completely all over this chapter. And uh, what a nice surprise! I'd be very curious to see if they did the three slices of bread. Mm -hmm. I'll, uh, uh, we can we can look into that. that. Uh, we'll get the we'll get the interns to uh, to look into that. 
Hey, Parshman, can you uh, fetch me a uh, an answer on that? Um, Maybe that could be part of the uh, the listener's job if they. Uh, Are you sure? Oh, yeah, know. it would be great yeah, they to can get some message help us, with this stuff. Messages on uh, Heroes of One on Twitter or uh, <laughs> at Heroes of Cathra on Instagram or find us at the Storm Pod. Send me a Facebook. message as to what's really going on because yeah, I don't, don't know do what's not going on. get a hold of Jack. Whatever you do, <laughs> he's not Please allowed to talk to you. Please do write me because Sean won't. <laughs> So uh, oh. chapter 34, um, Stormwall, Stormwall, is a very short chapter, but a very important one here. Uh, Cal is about to meet his uh, maker. This, this is... Uh... Okay, so let's start off with the quote at the beginning. I walked... Yeah, the quote's important. ...from Abamabar to Urthiru, or as uh, our good friend Mike would say, from Alabama to Uruguay. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's so great. It'll never get old. I walked from Alabama to Uruguay. No, you didn't. You walked from Abanabar, Abamabar to Urethiru. To Urethiru, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this is interesting. I think the whole concept of the shattered component to this world, uh, at one time it wasn't. Mm-hmm. At one time there were bridges or there, were ac- or there was access. Yeah, because it says the quote is from the eighth parable of the way of kings, right? Which contradicts, contradicts right. the uh, uh, the the words of Varala and Symbian, who claim that the city of Urthiru was inaccessible by foot. So right. Nohadon is saying that he walked from Amababar to Urthiru, but is he saying it like more metaphorically, like he's that he that like he right. took the he made the right. trek from here to there, not necessarily that he walked. Hmm. So it's interesting. And we get another little, just a tiny little sliver of the way of Kings again, which is always one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. I know. While reading the way, I know it's great. Okay. This, this chapter begins with the uh, thought. Okay. So much like the last chapter, the thought, I thought the last chapter was things are not always what they seem. This Mm -hmm. is, this chapter is Bridgman aren't supposed to survive. Right. Um, he looks out on an upside down world and I thought, wow. So he's opening his eyes and I suppose we, we can't relate to that. Can we in the state of, no. of 2020 state of the world today, looking out on an up, upside down world, I uh, can completely relate to what Kaladin is going through at this moment. He's hanging against the side of uh, bridge for his barracks. He's tied up by his ankles to a rope. And as his father has taught him, he begins prodding his body to check for broken ribs. He feels several yep. that are tender, most likely cracked, perhaps even broken. Got a gash on his head, a bloody nose, split lip. And Syl is, is, is there, and she's, she's saying, Kaladin, yep. please don't be hurt anymore. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she gets back at one of the soldiers that um, beat him yeah. up, and she's made him trip three <laughs> times that day. She's like, she's like, I, I, I've, she's like I've, I've got some revenge on these guys that have hurt you, Kaladin. Right. I've, made, I've made one of them trip three times today. If you don't behave, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a good trip. Gonna trip you. You're gonna like, be slightly embarrassed in public. You're gonna be walking along. Everything is <laughs> gonna be tickety boo, and and all of a sudden you're gonna fall. Yeah, you're, right on your you, face. Yeah, if you don't watch it, Mister, I'm gonna you're you're gonna take a tumble. More than likely, more but more than likely, your hands will catch you before you fall on your face. But what if you're walking with your hands in your pockets when I trip you? Then you'll fall on your face. I'm gonna give you a skin knee to remember. <laughs> unless you're wearing knee pads for some reason yeah <laughs> there's no there's no knobweed antiseptic that's gonna heal that skin knee let me tell you yeah. 
so the um the uh the fallout from this uh, side carry is pretty major. Uh, Cal is hanging on the the side of the sh- uh, the side of the barracks, like we hear, and uh, Lamerals was ex- executed um, by Sadius himself. By, yeah, it's a little shades of uh, of Ned Stark here, right? Eh? Where you know you, if a mm. man needs killing, you do it yourself. Um, Sadius does it himself, right. which is sort of honorable, I think. Um, even though you know we don't like him, but he you know does the honorable thing and does it himself. Uh, Gaz is still alive for some reason, and um, I guess it's because they say that in these cases they always punish the light eyes who's in charge because it's supposed to be the light eyes like responsibility. So Gaz sort of gets away here without having to take any uh, any punishment. Yeah, he he yeah he gets away with it, and and Sadius. There, there is a, a history there, right? You're right, of light eyes taking the responsibility when an event like this happens and they punish themselves. They don't necessarily always go mm-hmm. to the lower ranks to punish. They, they, um, so that's why Lamoral, uh, took the, um, took the blame. Even took though the blame. Cal and was also, like, I'll take the blame. And it was exacerbated by the fact that they beat Kaladin. Kaladin's beating. Right made it more convincing that it was Lamoral's fault in in the mind right. of Sadius. So it's right. kind of funny how the beating was his end. Right. Uh, like, Had so he not that beat was, him up, then he might have just took him into custody. He might have been yeah. able to get away with saying this was the culprit. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is... Uh, that is funny, eh? I thought that was interesting. Um, it it kind of goes with what, um, with what we were talking about last uh, episode with how Gaz had mentioned that Lamoral was dangerous because he exerts this power over like l- the dark eyes that are below him because that's all he, the only control he has is over these dark eyes. So by beating, right. by going right to the beating with Kaladin, there's like he's got this short temper when it comes to exerting his power. And had he just taken him into custody, then he would have said to Sadius, this is the guy that did it. Like we were, we had no idea he was going to do that. He just did this on his own. But mm-hmm. like you said, because he beat him, he, he went to that. He reacted quickly like that and beat him. Then it looks it looks suspicious. Because because you brought it up, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm disturbed right now. About what? Sorry, just having a sip of water. Um. Well, you brought up Ned Stark, and I just got to say, can I? I, I want to advocate here seriously to Sean Sean Bean, the actor. Yes. Can you can you please play a role where you don't? fucking die yeah like or is it like I'm santa claus like yeah. what yeah. kind of character yeah. sean bean what can you play santa you claus that won't die actually no wait santa claus that'll be the first time santa is dead it'll be front page news sean bean played santa claus santa is dead the, and they'll treat That's it like how, the death of superman they'll like come out with this like black foil over top of the story you don't know what's inside you have to buy it to know the yeah. death of santa that's how you kill santa cast sean bean Wait a minute. That's how you kill Santa? Like you've been yeah. planning on killing Santa and now you just figured out how to do it? Or? I just figured out how to kill Santa Claus. You're yes. like, holy shit, I've been working on this problem for years and now I know Santa yeah. must die. You cast Sean Bean to Santa. Oh my God, Santa's dead. Front page What news. happened to this? What happened to this episode? How did we divulge Sorry. into... You started. Um, you brought up Ned Stark and, I, and I, I, I've enjoyed Game of Thrones. Okay, I mm. got lots to say about that, but you know, I enjoyed it. Didn't love obviously the way it ended i thought it was pretty unbelievably horrible but um but uh it goes back to my thing with with star wars where, where you know ned, ned i mean i don't know i guess it, it's a game of thrones story so of course you've got you got to do it you got to 
Heads, heads roll. I only brought it right. up because um, because in Game of Thrones, we see this as an honorable trait of Ned Stark's where, you know, he mm. teaches his sons that if you if you're going to kill, if you're going to ex- like uh, um, sentence a man to death, you should do it yourself. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's Sadius really cool. literally does that here. So um, I know the, I'm surprised that Sadius did a, it. That, that, that was shocking. Yeah, it's a little honorable of him to do it. So I just wanted mm. to point out like, you know, we're, we're pointing out how shitty of a person he is. I also have to point out when he's doing something like this it's it's mm. it's it's important um, Sill is feeling cold she's not usually feeling temperature something is still happening to Sill here um right. yeah there's um yeah there's something um it could going be going through continuing um, going through a transformation the, the season's here. changing it, it could literally be like the fall it's fall and so it's colder now no but she, she's not as a windspread, she's not used to <laughs> she's not used to feeling temperature at all. Like there's there, again, there's true. A, there's a That's metamorphosis weird. going on here with Sill, uh, with the with the spren. Maybe it'll happen to all the, the spren. That would be really, that'd be quite mm. something. Um, so Cal's still alive because uh, Sadius is making an example of him, which is lucky i guess but now he's gonna like suffer like one of the worst deaths ever because we there's groundwork laid here this whole book about if you're caught in a high storm it's almost certain death you know he says here they've mentioned to us too before about being strung up in a high storm you know the um the uh almighty's judge or what what do they say again uh the the, storm um, father the storm father will judge you yeah Jezezera, the uh, king of uh, the heralds yeah Jezezera, yeah that's right king of the heralds will judge you um He's to be made an example of. He's going to be cut mm-hmm. to ribbons, crushed by stone. Yeah. Uh, Rock, Teft, and Moash visit. Moash, who was still saying, even not so long ago, I don't, I don't trust Callan. He, he uh, when seeing him, when he comes, when, when, when he goes to him, he says, Lord, he addresses him as Lordling. Again, yeah. That's, not- that's new. It's no, he, he, he's called him Lordling before. Oh, has he? And, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. And okay. Cal has, um, Cal has like thought to that. himself, like Gaz calls me Lordling. Like where, where the hell did Moash get that? You know, did he, he must've heard Gaz saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used it in a derogatory manner before, but he's right. not using it that way this time. No, no. He's, he's giving he's him saying a title. It like it's, uh, this is his, uh, that there's that. And it's, his this is a title. Now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying, yeah. I'm still saying it, but now I'm saying it fondly as opposed to saying mm. it begrudgingly or whatever. But yeah, so Rock and Teft come out. And, oh, and sorry, but before I get to Bridgman are, aren't supposed to survive again, which is a thought running through, uh, Kaladin's right. head. Um, they, and they, they tell him that over 200 Bridgman died. Right. Yeah. As a and result. Like, and Kaladin's like, right. And then Kaladin has this thought, Bridgman aren't supposed to survive. There's something about that. Keep saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Rock. Okay, so I, I wrote this down. Well, I, well, I, I think I can paraphrase it. Rock comes in and says, "We, we wanted to say something to you," and he says, "We will remember you, Bridge yep. Four. We will not go back to the way we were." Um, there's a great little exchange there on page 640 of my uh, paperback version of this wonderful. Yeah, maybe novel. all of us will die. But we'll show the new ones. Fires at night, laughter living. We'll make right. a tradition out of it for you. Right. Yeah, I really liked uh, that little bit that Rock says. Um, and, and then, um, hang on here. Uh, and then Kaladin is saying, well, what, what, did, what did Sadius say right. uh, about all this? And then they tell him, he said that he 
understood how a bridgeman would want to save his own life, but he also called you a selfish coward. He's right. letting the storm stormfather judge you. Yeah, and that's when they drop Jazera's Jazera's the king king of heralds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cal says, page, "I want you three to do something mm-hmm. for me." And uh, they're like, "Anything?" He's like, "I want you to go back to the barracks and tell the men to come out after the storm. Tell them to look up at me tied up here, and tell them I will open my eyes, and I'll look back at them, and they'll know that I survived." And they're so all like, I had, I had to stop when I read that. <laughs> so I thought, it's, it's, dude, I've read what? it seven times and it's giving me goosebumps right now. Well, like just I, telling, talking to so, you about it is giving me goosebumps. So when I, okay, so I had to stop reading because, and I wanted to talk to you so much when I was feeling, when I was, when I, when, when I first read that is because my, my first thought is, well, what does he, what does he know? Like he was surprised that the spheres in his pocket lost the stormlight. Mm-hmm. But, but, but now that he's saying this to his men, I, the, me as a reader, I'm thinking, well, did he, does he know that he has power, that he has abilities? Does he actually know and he's not using them? Like, mm-hmm. like, what does he, like, he, like, like, does he, does he know something about himself? And I, I'm thinking, wow. Um, and, and, and why, of course, uh, would he, would, would he say this, which of course, wonderfully in the chapter, it actually addresses it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says this, uh, and rocks, uh, I, I love the response here. Um, the three bridgemen fell silent. Um, yes, of, of course, Kaladin, Teft says, we'll, we'll do it. Tell them, Kaladin continued, voice even firmer, that it won't end here. Tell them I chose not to take my own life, and so there's no way in damnation I'm going to give it up to Sadius. Mm-hmm. Rocks, Rock smiles and says, uh, by the Uli Takanaki, Kaladin, he says, I almost believe you'll do it. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. I, I almost believe you here. Mm-hmm. That, that's funny. He's, he's literally trying to give the men something to hope for. Yeah. Even though he thinks he's, he's like, there's no way I'm surviving this, but give right. the men something to hope for. And that's the last thing that he could do for them. Dude, where this goes is amazing. Tef gives Kaladin a sphere. It's a done sphere, but still, it's a full sky mark. He gives it to him. Teft is the one who lingers here. Mm-hmm. The other guys leave, and Tef lingers as if he wants to join Kaladin in the storm. Right. I love that little bit. And then he shakes bit. his head, and he just, like, leaves. He's just, like, like almost like, why, why am I being stupid? Yeah, he referring to himself as a coward for not staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal says though he says there's an old saying because um, yeah. Tef gives him a, a, a sphere to hold on to yeah. it says carry a sphere with you into the storm and at least you'll have light by which to see so right. there's like a, an old saying, saying about keeping a stone with you mm-hmm. um, this kind of goes back to Tien don't you think yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true with the stones yeah yeah. that's, that's cute mm-hmm. actually I like that yeah I like a, a, that any Tien stuff I like yeah, um, Tien, says, Tien, um, Tien is there. Here's here's a little stone. Sil um, asks him, he's like Kaladin, like what's going on?" And he's like, um, "Sorry." He's like, "It's uh, what what you said. It reminded me of that night." There's a, t- a term in gambling. You see, in for all they say, and when you put it all mm-hmm. your money in one one bet, and she's like, "I don't understand." He's like, "I'm putting it all on the long bet here. If I die, then they'll come out and shake their heads and tell themselves they they knew it would happen." But if I live, they'll remember it. 
and it'll give them hope and they might even see it as a miracle and Sil's like do you even really want to be a miracle and And Cal's like no but for them I will be I know like, that's dude. I got goosebumps all over my body. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's so it's awesome. Yeah. For yeah. them, I will be, I know that yeah. was my highlight. I think for this chapter was, do you want to be a miracle? The answer was no, but for them, I will yeah. be. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. You're just, you're, I mean, just when you thought you couldn't explain the character or display the character or convey the character anymore, mm-hmm. Sanderson Mr. Sanderson still delivers, you know, like knocks it over the park with this Kaladin yeah. character. Um, and at the end here, the, the, um, the storm wall hits. Storm wall was like a shadow of an enormous beast lumbering across the ground. The storm wall approaches the visible curtain of rain and wind. I paused here at the, at the, at the noun curtain. I like, I think the use of the curtain has been used, uh, throughout literature. Yeah. To describe, you know, the veil, mm-hmm. that that which is hidden or unknown, what lies uh, behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz, uh, sort of uh, thing here. So, thousands of windspread before it. Um, Kaladin takes a deep breath. The pain of his ribs forgotten, and the storm wall crosses the yumber, the lumber yard in a flash and slams into him. That's the end of the chapter. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? So. Um, so we um, we had heard about uh, high storms. We got yep. to experience one the first time when Cal was in a cage with uh, uh, Tavlakov and the uh, slave trade traders. Mm. Um, but he was in a closed space, kind of protected, right? Mm. Um, um, and then uh, we got to see uh, what Dalinar experiences during a high storm. But he was protected indoors he was in a barracks but he has this kind of weird thing that happens to him during a high storm and now finally Mm -hmm. this next chapter coming up 35 which we're going to read over the next couple days or whatever um we're going to experience cal in the high storm and oh geez like what it's like to be (laughs) ripped apart oh don't tell me don't tell me no 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 oh no 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 don't tell me don't tell me no 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 so that's not um happening. so yeah that's the end of the episode um uh ending on a gruesome uh limb flailing uh, uh pieces of cow strewn all over the shattered plains um but uh my info dump was actually pretty much uh covered already um ardents of the devotary of insight are in charge of changing the lighting in the palinaeum i'm sure that they do more than just that but that's one of the things they do mm-hmm. um devotary of uh, purity is teachings to emulate the almighty's honesty and wholesomeness mm. um there were lots of references to books and manuscripts which we already covered if we hadn't mm-hmm. gone through them i would go through the list here of the ones that we already talked about but we already have so uh yeah that's uh that's pretty much it if um you want to reach out to us and talk to us um you can do it several different ways um if you uh enjoy the show you can come and see us at uh the uh, patreon.com slash heroes of and become uh, one of our sprint heads and uh, join the Patreon team. <laughs> we have all kinds of different stuff cooking up in there. Um, we even have a uh, um, tier where you could play Dungeons and Dragons with Jack and I uh, once per month. So maybe go check that out if that interests you. Um, 
We can uh, be talked to and talked at on uh, Facebook at the StormPod uh, page. Um, I'm also hitting up the uh, Stormlight Archive fan page on there, too. It's been really fun talking to everybody. Um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, Jack, you're not allowed on there. Um, if you sadly, want to, uh, sadly, I can't, I can't join the fan base because I, I need to be kept in the dark in order to maintain yeah. my, uh, my, my, your virginity, my storm, my storm wall. Yeah. Your wholesomeness. Yeah. We don't want you yeah, to, my, my you're right now you're part of the dormitory <laughs> of purity. Um, okay. I'm chased you can reach out to us on uh, twitter at heroes of one or on uh, um, instagram at heroes of Acathra. uh we're always around to, to talk um yeah so i uh, can't wait to get to the next uh, chapters this is uh, this is fun me as well. well we'll talk again soon storm pod is brought to you by heroes of theme song by jack forrest productions additional music by jason moray produced by jack j Bill, Mike, and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra.